Hey, wonderfuls. Welcome to episode 345 of the podcast. That's 345. I don't know if you know this, but that's sequential number. So that must mean something mystical. I hope you enjoy this episode with Rebecca. I am uh, fast and furious programming, uh, not related to the film franchise, uh, programming SF Sketchfest. Lots of great Max Fun people um, headed our way. I don't want to give too much away, but I'm very excited about where we are headed with this year's roster. And uh, I hope to see some of you there. We're going to announce in November. So I'll give you more details on Sketchfest as they develop, I said, like a newscaster. And I hope everybody is doing just great. Our friendship is going to be built 100% being recorded. Okay. Nothing in my life. You're good. So yeah, you just have to hold it like this. I know it's a little bit like Celine Dion-ish at the beginning, but you can also like lie back. You can move around. (laughs) You don't have to put those muffs on. Right. I think they might be called something different. Not Probably not muffs. Cans. (laughs) <laughs> you don't have to put those cans on in ever everything i'm saying sounds dirty all of a sudden like everything sounds like do you have you had that do you have you had that conversation like on sets where every shot that like a dude is describing whether it's a dp or like a grip or something suddenly you're like oh these were all named by guys yeah and also all they the all feel dirty like what's Literally. happening i mean my dad has a hardware store and all of the hardware is really sexual like a nipple and a screw. <laughs> like, those are actual hardware it's terms. True. I'm not making that up. It's like, yeah. Cool, guys. Yeah. Awesome. Which begs the question, I guess, the which came first, the chicken or the egg? Like, I guess the tools came first. And then men who worked with tools were like, hey, <laughs> you know what drilling this reminds me of? Drilling a lady around everybody. I don't know. This is like some sort of effect I'm going for where I pull the mic away and then put it back. Anyway, uh, so your dad has a hardware store. He does. He does. <laughs> we'll get right into your biography right. vis-a-vis gross words. Um, in New York? In New York, in Long Island. Okay. Yeah, my dad's yeah, the master Island. of dirty jokes, and he uses his hardware references. So. Is he really? Yeah. He's like a pun. A pun. Is he a dirty punster? Yes, he is. Yeah. My yeah. dad's a punster too. I don't know how dirty he is, but then every once in a while he would do, like pull a dirty one when I was little, and it would definitely be Gross. like, "Ew, Dad, yeah. no, yeah, we're not there yet. <laughs> we're not friends. Right. You're still my dad. Yeah. yeah. Do you have brothers and sisters? <laughs> I do have a younger brother, Johnny. Oh, hi, Johnny. Yeah. Johnny, could you come in here, please? This Johnny, is a very, very Johnny, sudden surprise, but we did bring him in just for this. Um, he still goes by Johnny. Is he how does. much younger is I like um, that. I like when older guys go by Johnny. Yeah. Sorry, Johnny Depp. I know that's not a popular. He's not older. He's 24. Yeah. He's still. He's still but yeah, he's living in New York. He's a music producer. Right on. He's in the music world. And nice. My parents were really disappointed when both of us came out as artists. Like, that was, oh, was my next question. I was like, <laughs> either it's going to be a thing because your parents were, or it's going to be possibly the exact opposite. Well, my dad's a, you know, practical, practical German man. Yeah. And uh, his two kids are not practical and feel a lot and express and he doesn't really get it. But, you know. As Do you feel as- like still waters run deep with him? Do you feel like some of the kind of emotional stuff that you access is like something that he experiences deep down? Definitely. Yeah. I think everyone does. Yeah. You know? I mean, that's probably But I, I mean, I love mine, so I let them come out all the time. Right? 
How's so. your mom? What's your mom like? Is she more emotive? My, yeah, yeah. My mom's Colombian and uh, very emotive. Just always, you know, the crying and the laughing and the drama and like very Latin mom kind of thing. Like she always tells me that she loves me with the blood of her heart. Aww. You know. So that's she, a real opposites attract kind of oh, scenario yeah. for them. Mm-hmm. Where do they meet? Do they meet here? They met in New York. Nice. Yeah. I guess in the they States both uh, emigrated from their prospective countries and somehow found each other and the rest is history the rest is history but i'm digging into it right now I'm prying <laughs> prying up the old boards of the past <laughs> tweaking the nipples of history <laughs> i mean love that i thank do you. love that thank you i'm sure tweaking the nipples of history is going to be sweeping the nation I'm as gonna soon just as use this it podcast episode drops yeah, oh, yeah yeah so did you uh so you were like a kid who immediately did, gravitated towards the arts and stuff when you were uh, young not really not really i didn't start acting till i was 20 um before that i was working in the music world i was um I ran my own record label called Jetboy Records. I managed bands. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. I was doing all sorts of things in that world for a while. Before that, I wasn't, I mean, well, I guess actually, you know what? I'm going to take back what I said. Yes, I've always been in the arts. I wanted to be a ballet dancer. So from three to 17, I was fully serious dancing, you know, six days a week. Woof. Crazy. Then my tits grew and my body was not correct. That happens. I mean, God, how, what do you think the percentage is? I won't hold you to these numbers because I didn't uh, tell you to prepare in advance any stats. But what I mean, what is the percentage of young women who can get to a certain point in ballet and then experience puberty from such a range, right? You can start yeah. experiencing at 12. You can start experiencing it at 18. But like how many girls do you think sort of drop off because oh. of like, oh, my body changed and now I, I don't feel I can do this. Or I'm going to say like 90 percent, 95. I mean... It's a hard world, even if your body is the right body type and you can do the splits and all this stuff. It really is a very uniform kind of right. world. And in order to dance in a professional company, you're, you really have to fit into a certain kind of look. Yeah. You know, did you have a were, did you experience that competitive side or did you have more of an experience of like, oh, this is joyful until it wasn't? Yeah, that was it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wasn't I wasn't competing with anyone when I was doing it. I just purely loved it. I needed to express. And that was my outlet um, because I was so scared of uh, speaking out mm-hmm. loud in crowds. Any audience looking at me, I could never speak. Somehow, weirdly, I got myself into acting. But uh, up until that point, dance was my way of doing that. So yeah. I loved it. I wonder if the again I don't know why I'm so obsessed with like what came first but I almost wonder if because you said you started so young at three you so quickly associated your your creative output or your way of expressing yourself to groups as something silent that like as you were aging up there might have been part of you that was like this is the way I understand it and it almost like you know what I mean it like fed into being like "Mm, I feel like comfortable expressing physically but I've been doing that so long maybe yeah you know when when other kids who wouldn't have done anything like that would be like oh I guess I'll just start talking because I've expressed myself no other way totally you know what I mean I mean I was also scared I was like a very shy I was bullied when I was a kid I mean like definitely the ballet has a factor into that but then also just my existence in the world was I was I wanted to like hide under a table and mm. not talk to anyone. Yeah. <laughs> Dancing was my way, but yeah. I mean, I, d- I think it definitely has a big I never thought about it that way, you know? That's my goal. Yeah. To just blow everyone's mind Great. possible. 
Just yeah. to tweak the nipples of history. Tweak the nipples of history. Oh, look, Rebecca, this is not this is not a, a reflection of you being lame or boring in any way. I'm trying to find the right way to podcast because I have like these I have a, this neck problem that has been developing. Oh no! From me flipping off my bike and landing on my back many oh. years ago and being like. Listen, I love cycling. Like, I can handle some bruises and cuts and, like, a broken thing or two. And then you find out, like, five years later, you're like, oh, so that herniated these discs and oh. I didn't know. Is there no way to fix that? I don't really know I mean, what a herniated disc really is. surgery. But. I didn't either. You can get surgery. I'm really hoping not to. And this isn't about me. But anyway, <laughs> point being that, like, there's certain positions where you're like, oh, that should be comfortable. And then you're like, no, for some reason, that's not comfortable. Mm-hmm. So there's been a lot of, like, experimentation. I'm not going full lie down on on the bed with you i don't want to put you through that yet <laughs> i don't mind um i don't want to put you through that beautiful seduction uh <laughs> but uh but anyway so that's what this is this is that's of going course. on Do exactly um, what you speaking need to. of injuries ballet can be very tough on the body oh yeah my feet are disgusting i that's mean that's what every former ballerina says yeah i, I have like weird corns Knobby. and calluses knobs i mean <laughs> knobs <laughs> <laughs> god damn it <laughs> yeah yeah i mean every time i date a new person i'm like yeah they're there's gonna, gonna come a feet. time You're, yeah they're gonna see my feet and they're gnarly but whatever what are you gonna you know do what? some guys are super by the way some women actually you know what i haven't had many conversations with women about like I don't know that many female foot fetishists, but I'm sure that's yeah, a, that exists. I'm sure it is. It's not really, it's not my fetish. Yeah. So I'm trying to think if I, I mean, I guess I've noticed like women that I've been interested in or women that I've had relationships with, I've looked and had an opinion about their feet, but it wasn't like, do you know <laughs> right. what I mean? It was it definitely wasn't like, this is a do or die moment right now. I'm about uh-huh. to see her take off her shoes. And oh, I certainly wow. pay no attention to men's feet. Never thought feet. about that either. There might be a do or die kind of situation for some who have that fetish. Like, am I going to go through with this or no? Yeah. And we, are we going to date or not? I mean, that's the whole question too. That brings up the whole question of like, that's sort of, I think, a bigger conversation now just because of kind of where we are with acknowledging uh, all these sort of unconscious, you know, uh, unconscious racism or unconscious biases that even people who don't want who don't feel that they have those and and in in that way kind of don't in the same way that you would if you were like I know I don't like Asian people or whatever (laughs) but there are these kind of unconscious like you tend towards this or you lean towards that maybe it's because of what you were raised with but even something like that is like you know you hear that I'm thinking about this because I had recently listened to an old podcast episode of someone's I can't remember who but it was um a, a young woman who was like, I am an Asian woman and I've only dated white guys and I decided to exclusively date Asian men for a year because it was bothering me did that, that I didn't seem to be attracted to men of my own race. Did that help? I mean, what, what did she learn from I, that experience? Because I, I feel like you feel can't like, force yeah. Well, that's the conversation, like, right? It's like, it goes down to even like, you know, it's like a pheromones kind of like animal thing. You know, if I, I've experienced in the past, if I've dated someone or like gone on a date with someone or a couple dates and like I get close enough to them physically where I like can get a whiff of them mm. and I'm like, nope. Yeah. But like, it's not like they don't, it's not like they're cologne. It's like, yeah, it's like it's, I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I feel like it's just, it goes beyond that. If I were to force myself to only date like Colombian men, which by the way, I don't like, I don't want to date Colombian men. I don't like, uh, the cultural possessive masculine yeah there's some tricky stuff that goes on i'm not gonna uh, write it off yeah cultures you know you can't ignore the nature yeah no no 
I mean, that's that's it. It's like the nature versus nurture, like versus, yeah, are you trying to convince yourself of something? I mean, imagine if like you, this person was completely apeshit about a woman uh, and, and you know, then it came the moment of truth because they were a foot fetishist and they were like, I'm so attracted to her in every other way. And like, and then she takes her shoes off and they're like, oh, like well, this is a do or die for me. This is such an important part of my sexuality that I can, I don't think I'll ever be able to be fully satisfied with yeah. this person. Like, is that, that their be... fault? Is it? Well, maybe, you know, you could work together at first, try mm-hmm. and make that. Mm-hmm. You know, someone could get their feet replaced and right. ha- have get a foot donation. Yes, from someone else. Yeah, Sw- slip swap, slip swap. Yeah, that's fine. I'm sure we're around the corner from that. That's I'm, so weird. Sh- I'm sure people will be getting new everything. <laughs> I'd like some new legs, just a little taller. You know, just be a little taller. Listen, there's ups and downs. To I love both. heels. Whatever. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Listen, I put a heels on. I'm like six three. That's a big <laughs> commitment. And, and I, I put do heels like on, and I'm just five feet. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm like five five or five six. <laughs> I don't even feel like is that. I guess that's small. I don't even know anymore. Yeah. What's I don't really care. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. It gives Especially. me a wide range of opportunity. You know, the dating world because I'm shorter. I mean, and I the and the working world. Yeah. Because it's still a culture in which like people still, if they're especially creating a straight relationship, like most often they there's this unconscious bias there we go of like mm-hmm. okay let's make sure the guy is taller than the girl well i don't want to I'm, I'm pretty short as it is i i don't want to date someone shorter than i am you know i'm five almost five four understood yeah. who did you find yourself being attracted to like when you kind of hit puberty and were a teen um, bad boys mm-hmm. skater boys public school boys mm-hmm. all the boys did you go to private school yeah i did all uh, the things my parents yeah. were so like not into yeah yeah, I think that. Th- Do you I feel think, like that was part of it? Or I was, think yeah. that definitely was part of it. I was like, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and uh, it worked because they were always nervous and pissed. <laughs> so you achieved it. You I achieved did. You, you both got to be attracted to a certain type of person and make your parents nervous. Yeah. So there was a real sense from you early on of like, Fuck rebellion. This, I'm rebelling. Yeah. Oh yeah. From an early age, which wouldn't necessarily go in law- hand in hand with the, someone's expectations of like ballet and sort of that. Yeah, it's, like, it's oh, weird. Yeah, I was a ballet dancer, but then I'm, I was like outside of class. I was wearing like studded belts and wore black makeup and I mean, had, that's like pretty uh, hot. That yeah, combo I mean, was actually quite. I don't know. I was just. I loved to be. You know, I wanted to be thought of as a bad girl, and I was. A lot of parents weren't super down with their children hanging out with me not that I was doing anything actually bad I never got in trouble with the law I never did drugs I never like oh really really? yeah so yeah what was the I don't know because I think I was so I think it came from a place of like me always feeling like I didn't fit and I Mm. was bullied for so long and I only ever had one friend growing up and then the second I hit puberty and like yeah I had my tits grew and like oh my god my body um and I had all these kids that I used to remember like looking at me and well, not looking at me and not acknowledging me. All of a sudden I was like, you know what? Fuck that. I'm going to be so fucking cool. You're going to be intimidated by me. Watch. Yeah. Worked. Which that's also a hard thing to do f- internally. It's hard for many of us to like get that defiance. Yeah. Um, rather than just shrink further in, you know, to have that turning point where you're like, you know what? I'm done being the yeah. victim. Or I'm done, you know. And I felt empowered. I finally found my power. I'm, you know, I'm proud of my younger self. There you go. When I was a child That's and a I big figured deal. it out. That's yeah. a really big deal. Why, why, I mean, I say this as somebody who was bullied and I don't really know why I was bullied, but do you know, like, in, do you know kind of why was it? Um, I was really quiet and I was very 
like if anyone ever said that I did something wrong, I just immediately believed them without actually thinking mm. about why or I don't know. I, I, I would shrink into myself so easily. I think I was just an easy target. Yeah. You know, and I was always so um, welcoming and giving and I would invite the entire class to my birthdays. I was always inclusive. And then all of a sudden, I, I just think that because of that and the fact that I was just so easy to bully you were yeah it was just you know which sucks because everything you've described is like well that seems like a nice human being <laughs> let's punish her yeah let's fucker. punish her what um so you said you went to private school yeah i mean was it co-ed or was it <clears throat> co-ed i went okay. to public school and then i went to private school starting middle school okay yeah what was that was that a conversation that was like all right we're pulling you out we're gonna oh, give you I, something more or did you want to do that oh i totally wanted to okay i was super excited i've always been excited that to learn and go to you know schools I, I love school again here's the bad girl talking that parents were like not a fan of the yeah, girl who also was, loves school i know right it's very it's contradictory so strange but yeah no I, I was actually super excited the school that i went to uh was um they would take children and all the students on uh trips you know around the world and i really oh, wanted wow. to do that that's so, awesome yeah so when i was there i went to morocco and i worked at an orphanage i went to portugal oh no well that was a different school i went to uh <clears throat> i went to greece i went to italy um yeah i mean we did some cool traveling that's very cool mm -hmm. how big were the classes who were traveling together would it be uh, like a whole year it'd be like no, I mean, we'd, they'd actually combine classes because okay. you get to like, you know, like put on a list of, you know, top three and then hopefully you get into your top. Uh, I gotcha. But, um, but uh, <clears throat> it'd be all different grades, you know, kind of mixed in. So like maybe a group of 15 or 20 would go to, you know, Morocco and then the other. But it wasn't a very big school, so it worked out. Yeah. Was there a sense of like we're getting away with something when you sort of have a, like a chaperone? You don't have one adult for every kid and it's definitely not your parents. Is there like... In addition sort to of. what's magical about it, is there also like a, oh my God, like my pulse is racing. Like I'm fucking like, I'm traveling right now. with just a bunch of people that. Oh yeah. I mean, I loved it. And I, we always had so many things to do. I mean, the, the trips that I chose were always very, um, scheduled. I, cause you know, when we were working, you know, at an orphanage in, in Morocco, like we, first of all, you know, being a young woman in a country, you know, a Muslim country is you know, not, it's not conducive to like a bunch of teens wanting to sneak out and party. Fair. You know, Good point. like we, we had to cover ourselves and wear long skirts. And, uh, I mean, we had to get up every morning and we had a lot of stuff to do and it was a very emotionally taxing trip. That one. It sounds like it would um, be. Um, yeah. It was How did beautiful. you do, what do you feel like? I mean, I assume that you felt like you had a, a, a much closer understanding of what it would be like to be yeah, I mean, from it was from that culture, heartbreaking. Um, I mean, also, so it wasn't like you know what I get it. Like I, I, I get it. I would sure I'll cover everything and. Oh no! I mean, uh, yeah. I did for my own, uh, you know, safety and stuff. Yeah. But, um, I mean, I don't, I don't love it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's I tricky, huh? It's tricky. Yeah, and I like part of me as a person and who I am now, um, as a woman, I part of who I am and how I express myself is my clothing is like how I feel when I walk into a room knowing that like what I put on makes me feel like a badass because yeah. that's how I learned you know from being bullied into you know turning into like punk girl I it like made me it gave me you know kind of like an armor that mm -hmm. I needed and I still I don't I mean it's not an armor now but it's more like oh I feel really good in my skin and I love to express myself with clothes and yeah with stuff god you know what this is, i can't believe uh, speaking of like i hadn't thought of it that way before 
it seems crazy to me that like I could look at something like a like punk style from the outside and understand the idea of armor and yet that's totally like something a phase that I went through that part of me still feels like when I see cops I still feel like I'm that kid like I still feel I you that embeds so hard to where like you when you get looked at by enough cops when you're a teenager that you're like forevermore now look at me I'm dressed like a kindergarten teacher and still if I see a cop I'm like oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck right um but but for some reason for me I didn't like really think about that until right now like oh I that was part of like when you choose like sort of a goth or like a punk or some combination of clothing of course it makes you feel stronger yeah in in some way and that absolutely is true for me and I kind of didn't I forgot about that part Mm -hmm. for me it was just like oh style oh cool oh edgy like the music and all that I'm like oh wait no I remember like putting on a studded bracelet or whatever and being like, yeah, I'm fucking cool. What? Yeah. I mean, it like, it started out as an armor for me because I wanted to rebel and now it's not, you know, now I'm just like, well, I love to express myself this way because I may not have a conversation with people at this party, but at least I look fucking badass. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe it'll be a, maybe. and, And that's part of it too, is like when you're younger, there is a sense of, there can be a sense, not always, but there can be a sense of like, how do you, how do you know who you're going to want to talk to or how do you know what kind of person you're going to, you know, you're going to attract to you right. as well? So far, so good. I mean, yeah, I've, I've met a lot of weirdos since moving to L.A. I think that's kind of like the lay of the land here. A lot how of long weirdos. have you been here? I moved here in March. Oh, gosh, you really have just <clears throat> gone here. Yeah, I mean, and I was in New York for a bit of the summer. So, like, I've been back and forth. And there's no freaks in New York. Just kidding. Oh, my God. <laughs> but there are. But I feel like all the no, freaks totally in New York are scene. my friends. Right. Um, but here it's a different kind of... You know, uh, I I definitely made some, you know, weirdo friends at first. And now I've kind of like settled into, okay, I know like, you know, I'm getting I'm getting better at it, you know? Yeah. It's all right. That's to be expected, I think, too, is kind of like, again, like you said, getting the lay of the land. Right. It's pretty extraordinary that like the two cities in the United States who produce the most, arguably the most art or at least the most consumed by everyone else in the United States, right? that they produce the most art are so wildly different in so many ways yeah, from one another. Definitely. You know, mm-hmm. what, uh, what did you decide to come here because it just felt like, you know, m- more work was cropping up here or um, were you ready for a change or both? I was ready for a change. I mean, I, I'd been in New York my entire life yeah, and I wanted to kind of see what it would be like, you know, auditioning here, meeting different people. Um, and I wanted to meet the producers. I wanted to be around the, this is the, you know, main place yeah. for acting and yeah, yeah. film in general. Yeah. And I just, I was curious and here I am and I'm going to try it out. Okay, we're going to take a break. I will be back after a word from our wonderful buddies at Maximum Fun. This is Rachel McElroy. Hello, this is Griffin McElroy. And this is wonderful. It's a podcast that we do as uh, we we are married. And how's the ad going so far? Because I think it's going very good. (laughs) We talk about things we like every week on Wednesdays. One time Rachel talked about pumpernickel bread. It was so tight. You cannot afford to miss her talking about this sweet brown bread. We also talk about music and poems and, you know, weather. There is one... Weather? (laughs) One time Rachel talked about Baby Beluga, the song, for like 14 minutes. And it just really blew my hair back. So check us out on MaximumFun.org. It's a cool podcast with chill vibes. Amber is the color of our energy, is what all the iTunes reviews say. (laughs) They will now. Uh, 
uh, and you also you were coming off of Orange, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Um, and that shot in New York. Yes, it correct. did. It did. Uh, Beth Dover, a dear friend. Oh, really? Probably you had some interactions you love Beth with Dover? Beth. Yeah. Oh my God, I love Beth. I'm. Uh, I just had lunch with her like a week ago and I was like Beth let's go to a sex shop yeah so we like went to a sex shop and like you know had fucking blasts so funny that's awesome. I love her yeah I'm gonna be seeing her I don't know in like a week or we have a date you give her a big kiss for me I will uh yeah love our Beth Dover um what was I gonna say I got distracted by thinking of you guys at a sex shop <laughs> um we were like checking out nipple clamps and stuff sure and then you went to a hardware store same thing <laughs> um so so that you know what I was gonna ask is because you were kind of talking about the feeling of speaking in front of groups. Um, and now it seems that you are choosing more, obviously when we're on camera, we are speaking to a group, but not, it's not the same as like doing a play on Broadway. Like, yeah. does that, did you go through that phase or do you still I have an interest did. in that? Or? I mean, I've done some musicals and I, I did some, you know, small off, off Broadway theater um, when I was starting out. Mm-hmm. And then I, it just you know kind of just stayed I kind of just geared more towards the film and tv world but I love film I mean I love uh you know live theater I'm down for it I definitely would love to do it at some point again yeah um yeah that's a whole just a whole different schedule it is it's very intense it's kind of intimidating discipline right it's intimidating I saw burn this on Broadway with Carrie Russell and um Adam Driver Mm -hmm. and it I mean, the performance is so taxing and so like energy. There's so much energy that went into that. And the fact that they're doing it every single night and then sometimes twice Mm, uh, in a day. I mean, that is unbelievable to me. Yeah. Really. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. But hey, I'm down to try. You're down to try. Yeah. Uh, What roles do you, are you attracted to a certain kind of thing? Like when you started getting into theater stuff, was that high school or just, no, you said 20. No, yeah. College or non-college. Well, yeah, I went to. Taking the place of college. Right. Yeah. Um, I guess, uh, yeah, that was like just early New York, like 20, 21, 22, when I was just trying to build a resume and kind of like get more experience because I jumped in I left the music world and I was like I'm gonna act and I've never done it before um I just wanted to get as much experience as possible so I was just doing anything I could get my hands on anyone who would cast me really mm-hmm. and did the music part did that where did that come from how did you end up um because um, you were fairly young right when yeah, you started kind of really I, interacting with bands my and first stuff. I started interning for Bada Bing Records when I was 16 uh the band Beirut was on the label at the time um yeah I my you know my best friends from Long Island we were all really big music nerds and my mom would take us on Tuesday nights or Wednesday nights to like rock and roll shows in New York City pay the bouncer to get us in because we're underage and we'd all have fun and then she'd drive us back home and that's what we did like during the week sometimes yeah um and we all just kind of were really into the indie music scene and yeah I mean I just we that was my favorite thing I loved being a part of it I kind of always dreamed about being in a band but never really actually tried to and I loved the idea of like managing and like putting stuff together because I'm very type a I mean I love spreadsheets yeah so it was just kind of like this natural thing that happened it just worked that's so great yeah so I I got my first job at Bada Bing because I got a ticket to their show Beirut and it was 21 plus and I couldn't get in and there was no I was gonna get in so I started crying and this was really way before the doors even opened and this guy came up to me he's like what's up and I was like I want to go to Beirut And, (laughs) and he was like okay wipe your tears shut the fuck up come behind me you're gonna work the merch table but just don't fuck it up and I was like okay 
<clears throat> so I went inside, worked the merch table, sold every fucking piece of merch because I wanted to make an impression. Yes. And I was like, this is my moment. So I met the owner of Bada Bing Records. He was the guy who uh, brought me in was this guy, Hunter, who was working for the record label. And then I, you know, I met the owner, Ben of Bada Bing. And I was like, hey, I want a job. And then it worked out. I think I started like two weeks three weeks later this is like the most boring question of all time but do you do you feel like that that would have happened in some other way like you it, you were going to work in the yeah, in music I think whether so. or not you had been seen by this nice guy who like took pity on you and had you sell merch you know <laughs> I think that's kind so. of a great moment it was such a it was such an important part of you know my life and I always wanted to it just that happened to be that one moment where it could work I mean I was going to figure it out anyway I mean I'm the queen of internships I have done so many and I ended up you know working for so many different amazing artists and record labels and I got so much ex experience and I like forever I think I w it would have always happened mm -hmm. yeah it's it's very ingrained in me and who I am now too because music plays such a big part in um, how I prepare for roles sometimes and you know what I listen to before I go into an audition or what I listen to to like you know get hyped up or to feel whatever x y and z things yeah is that something I mean for for so many of us at that kind of critical age when our hormones are exploding and and we're sort of trying to figure it all out that music becomes like just deeply deeply important yeah. in such an emotional way and some people not so much some people are like I listen to whatever was on the radio exactly. or like I only that like musicals I yeah, am same. I cannot stand radio music it literally makes me sick to my stomach when it sounds like a fast food song that was written <laughs> in a studio in like two minutes right. and I'm like oh it gives me anxiety because there's no change in the fucking chord progress it's just boring yeah it's still yeah hey <laughs> if I need to be pissed off for a role I'll just put on some top 40 <laughs> <laughs> yeah sorry not sorry I don't disagree there's just a lot that I don't and it, things have become so specialized now that you there are like artists that I don't even know what they sound like because I'm not in a situation like I feel like the places where you really hear that stuff are like somewhat like a gym or like do you know what yeah. I mean? where are you that in you're a hearing gym top or 40, something you know maybe in like a grocery store or a store I don't know but yeah. there's so much that like you just don't get exposed to because people just don't aren't you're just not driving with a radio on anymore at least many I people aren't do actually. oh do you um but i have like the satellite radio so yeah. i can like go to like you know my favorite is um the underground garage channel 21 for anyone who's interested um i love that and like there's classic vinyl on there and classic rewind i love those um well yeah but that's like you said you're sort but of I'll, like you might discover on. something new but it, you're not but you're not like subjected to the radio by someone else who's just like hey we're listening to top 40 all day oh yeah no i Which, mean sometimes you know. if i'm driving in cars with friends you know some of them have horrible taste in music and will play just shit that i just have to it's like a, it's a test in my patience and my anxiety like keep it down rebecca it's all good it's just yeah. a fucking song yeah uh, what what drew you to do you feel like you were drawn this is again like a question that if someone asked me I'd be like I can't answer that I don't, there's no choice here but um, some people are drawn to like very articulated lyrics some people are more drawn to sort of the overall it's like are you listening to Sigur Rose you know what I mean like you wouldn't say you're listening Sometimes. to that but because almost the music itself is like lyrics and an emotion yeah. versus like you know a band that is all like you really sort of break down like for me Frightened Rabbit and I'm like oh god he's yeah. you know this is poetry set to music that I also happen to love but you know yeah 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 I mean it really just depends on my mood but 
sometimes it really is the the lyrics that get me and uh sometimes it's a mixture of both and sometimes it's just the fact that it's bratty and loud and makes me feel like a punk girl again and yeah it just depends on what I'm feeling you know and I go through phases there are some bands that I'll listen to on like uh, so much that I, I you know I can't listen to them again for like months um when you listen to something <clears throat> so intensively for so, for like just like you're digesting it and living and breathing it isn't it so crazy when you come back years later and you like like a smell it's just like weird. immediately like there's I was listening to a band the other day I think it was like Phoenix or something where I, I was like oh I haven't listened to this album in a long time and I listened to it and I couldn't necessarily even place what was going on in my life when I was listening to it all the time but just a feeling came back that was right. so specific that was so clearly part of like whatever I was dealing with then and it's beautiful yeah. how music can incite feeling like that I think that's why for me it goes such so hand in hand with acting because I, I have all these playlists and, you know, they're used for different things because some songs bring me back to when I'm 14 years old and, you know, I'm, I'm experiencing the heartbreak of puppy love. And I, I remember that place because of this particular playlist, you know, yeah. and it's beautiful. Were you going back to that for a second? When you, were you attracted to when you talked about being attracted to bad boys, um, were they like kind of a version of you which is to say probably you yeah. were actually yeah. like a good person Kindred that sort spirits. of had that armor right. rather than like no. the guy who's like oh he was an absolute dick and like he yeah. shattered me oh yeah yeah I mean definitely in my younger years it was like oh wow we're just kindred spirits we just like you know we are into the same things I mean I you know later in life in my you know, my 20s, my early 20s, I, I did date a couple, you know, actual bad boys that shattered my heart. But, you know, I'm grateful for those moments because they shaped who I am and made me stronger. 100%. So, yeah. That's a real thing. Yeah. Turns out that's a real thing. It did is. you have people who were into you that you were like, oh, like you're not bad enough? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's not even just bad. I think the word bad is not exactly the right one. I'm more like, you know, I if you're not interested interesting to me I mean this just it's uh I I have I need a lot more than just like you can't just be a pretty boy I you know if I'm if I get bored if we can't go to you know a concert together and like be wild and dance and I I am a very energetic wild kind of person and I need someone who can match me there and like you know independent and creative and it, it takes a, it takes a lot more than just being pretty or looking a certain way it's like I really have to feel like we connect on a mind spiritual sure you know, way sure I guess. absolutely mm. when you were so when you were being thought of by other people's parents as potentially a bad influence were was that but you were talking about how your mom would take you guys to see shows and stuff was it like that your parents sort of knew who you really were and they were like that's not how we see you like we know that you yeah. like the stuff and you're dressed like this and you're trying to shock us or whatever they but, were just supportive I mean at the yeah. end of the day I still had my you know really good grades and I wasn't actually doing anything actually bad. Yeah. You know, um, and they didn't they didn't always understand me, but they did support me. And my parents have always been the best because they were the parents like that would, you know, take all my friends to concerts, crazy things like that. Like yeah. they were just such awesome parents in a weird time. Weird, yeah. You know, the weird, uh, you know, hormonal teenage years. Yeah, it's a weird time. Mm -hmm. No doubt about it. Don't miss it. Don't. I do not ever want to experience do, high school also, again. Also, do not. Well, 
I miss, I guess, I, you know, yeah, I don't know. I love talking about it, but I wouldn't go back. That's for sure. Yeah, hell no. Um, did like, did you, because you were sort of talking earlier about people that that your parents would find out that you were interested in or find out that you were dating. Um, were any of those people like did? Were they just doing the same thing that other people's parents were doing with you where like they were concerned that you were dating a guy who was then going to like get you addicted to heroin? Oh, well, I never was that extreme. You know, like I wasn't hanging out with anyone who was doing any heroin or anything like that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But uh, yeah, I think it. Yeah, I I think it was. um, I wasn't. I think it's not that they were not down with some of the guys. It was more like they had an idea about who they wanted me to be with and how they wanted me to look. And my parents are immigrants from countries, you know, they didn't go to college, like the traditional kind of college thing. They didn't do the American, you know, they, they are living the American dream. Like they both came from poverty. They came to this country. They did not want a daughter to like, you know, be this rebellious like girl, like listening to loud, you know, rock and roll. Um, They wanted me to be more demure and like, you know, study, you know, whatever, something very you know they wanted me to be pretty normal you know and they wanted me to just dress pretty normal and marry a nice guy and kind of just be chill and I've never been chill yeah is your brother not you said that he became a producer yeah did he sort of do the same thing where they were like here we go again yeah yeah I mean I think Johnny and I I mean Johnny's one of my best friends he is my best friend of all friends but uh yeah I mean I think together I think I had a big part in shaping his early years because I was kind of finding my way and then all of a sudden Johnny was like you know oh I want to listen to the hives and I want to go to the vines concert with you and whatever um but I mean he's also naturally a rebel and together they were just like oh <laughs> all right well Let, we're gonna have to reshape our expectations what are you gonna do because like you said they wanted to support you it's not like they were like yeah you don't fit in this rigid thing therefore you're dead to us like no, obviously but they it were did take fighting i mean they yeah. weren't really down because they are coming from a place of like they want to assimilate into this culture and, and they want their children to have uh an existence that is different than what they experienced yeah and believe me it has been mom and dad i mean yeah been real different uh-huh. <laughs> i'm sure when you started showing up on television they were like this is officially extremely different yeah, than anything but they're we down with that yeah. they're really psyched yeah <laughs> like, well i was cool, gonna say my daughters you want to talk that. about the american dream it's not the it's not the worst thing for people to right. be like and now she's you know exactly yeah so there is that you mentioned that you just had one friend kind of growing up when yeah. you were really young. Are you still friends with We that just person? reconnected recently. Oh, nice. Uh Devin. Yeah, I'm so excited about it. We were inseparable, but she was like she was a weird girl and like we were really into spooky movies and we'd make our own homemade spooky movies and you know like cut off the heads of Barbie dolls and nail them to trees outside her house and stuff. Um yeah, she was always just like this really kind of creative and cool weird girl and so was I and we were inseparable and then my you know puberty hit and I wanted to like branch out and she did you know it was this hard kind of like I felt like a breakup in a way absolutely it was so painful painful. yeah and we both went through this like really painful time but recently like in the last year we've reconnected and I've been like I've hung out with her in New York a few times and we still get along so well. She's actually in film now, too. Oh, nice. I know. She does a lot of voiceover work, too. And and uh, so we reconnected. And, the other, you know, right before I left for L.A., uh, she and I got really drunk at my apartment in New York, drank, like, a ton of wine and listened to The Stones. And I was like, wow. 
when I was three years old, I knew it's up because now th- like this long has like all this time yeah. has passed and we get together as women and we still get along. Yeah. Like she's so cool. So I'm excited to have that, you know, relationship back in my life. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, it's funny that you guys had little parallel. Isn't it funny how the language of what's spooky like is so consistent? Like it feels like. At some point, we all arrived at the fact that cutting a head off a doll was like, you know what I'm saying? And I don't mean I that in a shitty way. I, I genuinely mean like there's just certain things that we continue as American culture, but also like you sort of see it when you, you know, there's different versions of that. The Japanese have a different kind of version of that, but which we still find scary. It's not like their version of scary. We're like, adorable. Like, that's not scary at all. That woman yeah. crawling across the ceiling with her like hair matted in front of her face. Yeah. Um, but Oh man, I love spooky stuff. You know? Yeah. But that, but I, I love, I just love, like, you know, like if you said to someone, Oh, you know, we were the kind of girls who like to cut the heads off of Barbie, Barbie dolls and nail them to a tree and like make a video about it. No one is going to be like, what kind of girl is that? You know what I mean? You're like, I gotcha. I yeah, gotcha. We were spooky girls. I speak we that language, weirdos. you know? Yeah. What was your favorite? Did you have like a favorite like sort of genre, or, like a favorite horror movie or a like ah. these sort of claim for yourself? Like, yep, yeah, my favorite movie is blank or, you know. Well, I, I think one of my favorite horror movies that I've watched over and over and over again and it no longer is scary to me because i've seen it so many times it's actually a more recent film insidious mm-hmm. yeah, I love yeah, insidious. yeah yeah but i also love rosemary's baby forever i love That's this so like good. weird 70s movie that devin showed me when we were kids called let's scare jessica to death it's oh sure creepy. sure 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 yeah and i think my friend dana uh was very inspired by like that era of so weird of such movies. a weird film yeah and then um i just recently saw hereditary and that scared I'm afraid me? to see that one. It's spooky. It's, it's, it bothers <laughs> me when I, someone told me that it's like when it's emotionally upsettingly spooky. Someone warned me like I think you'll be disturbed, and I, I don't necessarily so like to be disturbed. Yeah. Scared I can handle, but when it's like Disturbing. oh you're eating your own child, I know that's not what happens in Red <laughs> But like if there's sometimes there are movies where they're scary, and you're also like I'm really uncomfortable with this because it's like hitting some part of me that like. I feel dirty inside or there's some kind of like yeah like every Lars von Trier film I've ever seen yes like I feel uncomfortable like when am I in the mood to feel that probably never sometimes when I feel like going to the depths and darkness of my emotions and yeah which I do sometimes sometimes I'm like you know what I'm gonna put myself through hell today I get that I think I got, I think I went so, f- I, I think I can get there so easily on my own now. Usually I'm like, can I have some art to pull me somewhat up out of this place? I probably don't need to see Lars von Trier. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, but yeah, what, did, was there, did, when did you start getting into that? Like you said, from when you were really little. When I was really um, little, it was, uh, it was really Devin that got me into that. I mean, we just watched a lot of spooky films and we just loved it. I mean, we would you know play outside and pretend that there were vampire ghosts in the woods that we couldn't see and just i don't know we were weird and what you know what's interesting about that too though is that i see a parallel and it may not be accurate in your case or in any case but i w- again i had a similar relationship to that kind of stuff which was like when my other friends would be like, oh, don't turn the lights off. I would be like, no, turn them off. Yeah, exactly. Because let's look into the mirror and say Bloody Mary three times. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. And I think the fact that like you identify with a sort of type A personality, which I also do, and the fact that you were like attracted to kind of punk culture and music and the fact that you're into like spooky stuff when you're little, 
that is kind of like taking the reins, right? Like right. I don't want to be, a f I, I would rather be in the dark with a dark thing than be like in the light afraid it was going to touch right. me. I would rather be like, you want to do this? Let's do it. Right. Like that's my way of like I agree. handling, like, you know what I mean? It's like, I'm, amazing... no, I'll be scared yeah. and then I'll be scary. How about that? There's an amazing uh, saying that I really love that I think about a lot, you know, because I've experienced a lot of anxiety and I've experienced depression and I'm in therapy and I love it um, and I meditate and all this stuff. But like there's one saying, I don't know who said it, but, you know, shake hands with your demons. You know, it's, um, it's an internal thing where I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to run away from it. I'm going to be like, hey, OK, what's up? Like, this is a part of me. Like, let's shake hands, motherfucker. Like, Absolutely. hey. And I think that that's also, yeah, I'd, I'd rather just deal with it and just see what happens oh oh it's time for a quick break i will be back after a word from our friends at maximum fun macho man to the top rope the flying elbow the cover we've got a new champion we're here with Macho Man Randy Savage after his big win to become the new world champion. What are you going to do now, Match? I'm going to go listen to the newest episode of the Tights and Fights podcast. Oh, yeah. Tell us more about this podcast. It's the podcast of power. Too sweet to be sour. Funky like a monkey. Woke discussions, man. And jokes about wrestlers' fashion choices. Myself excluded. Yeah. I can't wait to listen. Neither can I. You can find it Thursdays on Maximum Fun. Oh, yeah, dig it. I play a mash game. I okay. don't know if you know what that is. No. Mansion, apartment, shack, house. Okay. It's a childish game that uh, many of us play. Girls are still playing, as I'm told by my listeners. Um, mansion, apartment, shack, house. You're going to end up with one of those. And then you're going to end up in our fictitious universe that we're creating together. You're also going to end up with one out of all of these categories that I'm going to ask you. So I'm just going to ask you, like, give me three things that blah, blah, blah. Give me three things, blah, okay. blah, blah. And then the end, there's a very complicated eeny, meeny, miny, mo process cool. uh, wherein I'll be like, this is your alternate universe reality. Okay. okay. That's the fastest I've ever explained that. I'm, I'm, I'm I taking a lot of it, but I'm pity. Great. Go with Listen, it. Listen, I'm behind the wheel. You're in good hands. <laughs> Let me start with this. Three spooky movies that you can go into and like be in that world and interact in it and like either get the bad guy or become part of the bad guy or girl or like, you know what I mean? It's just like getting that feeling of mystery, of scary. It's you can jump in and actually kind of be a part of that that world as if it's real. So like if I were to actually live in the world mm -hmm. or just go in there and experience the world, you don't have to live there. It could just be like, yeah, I jumped into Rosemary's Baby. Like I got I lived, I, you know, well, you I, know I'm right that. upstairs at the Dakota. What's so like weird about that question is I'd never want to be in any of those yeah, worlds. Yeah, you just want to look. But you know what? I'm still going to just give you an answer there. Well, I do want to say I love Insidious because I love the idea of like traveling through a dream world. There you go. See, there's, listen, there's pluses. Yeah, there's Insidious, pluses even though, I mean, right. I, and I love the demon in it that's like listening to Tiny Tim. I think sounds like a fun guy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, you know, he's like sharpening his talons. Um, let's see. Because I wouldn't want to be in Rosemary's Baby. Um, I wouldn't want to be in Hereditary. I kind of would because I'm so fascinated by the Dakota in general. And I really like, like, I can, I can, I can pull them apart. It's like, I don't necessarily want to be part of that coven or like deal with Mia, you know, having a, a, a demon baby. 
but she does have really cute dresses. She does have really cute dresses. <laughs> can I like, can I like expand this category Absolutely. to great? Cause I want to just say Lord of the Rings. Cause I love Lord of the Rings. Oh, great. Sure. <laughs> I listen to be honest with you I usually just say three movies you can jump into okay. but I thought it was being and then very clever the when I made it scary the fifth element I'm glad to know that that movie is still um beloved by people because I love it it really is something special it's, it's just an extraordinary like there's just not much out there that you can be like oh it's like the fifth element it's like no the fifth element is like it's the fifth element pretty that's pretty amazing. much it yeah yeah right uh, okay, next category. Let's do three places in the world uh, that you would like to have a vacation home. If getting there, was, it's like equal across all. Like you can just kind of snap your fingers and be there. Okay. Um, Cartagena, Colombia. Great. I'm embarrassed to say that I know where that is because of the movie Romancing the Stone with oh. Kathleen Turner and Michael Douglas. Wow. All right. <laughs> um, I would like, I mean, south of France. No, Greece. I'm going to just go, Yeah. Great. Like an island. And then somewhere in the Alps. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say the Alps of Switzerland. Yeah, great. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Okay. Next category. Uh, in the MASH game, you end up with a romantic interest. Um, so it could be like somebody that you are attracted to, somebody that you imagine like, this is my alternate universe husband or wife. Or it can be... Again, it can be sort of like a character from a movie where you're like, you know, I want to spend a week with this character. Not forever. <laughs> but in this world, it can be an actor. It can be from any age, any era. It can be a cartoon. Anybody that uh, you have a crush on that you can spend James time with in Dean. this. Great. James Dean for sure. Um, is it, does it have to be romantic? Yes, in the sense okay. that the next category will be like your bud. Okay, okay. Same thing, but like somebody um, that you're just hanging with. I love Matthew McConaughey. There we go. Yeah. Nothing wrong with that. And Mick Jagger. Oh, Mick. I saw them recently. They're all in their 70s, and I'm like, wow. I've heard hot. they're still rocking it. They're still hot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Mick. I mean, listen, he's a game changer. Uh, okay, next category. but So a buddy, and it can be a fictional person, real person, anything. From any era, that's just like, yeah, whenever I want to hang out with Mick or whatever. Probably don't have to say him because you might get him as a sexual interest. <laughs> I felt so comfortable to say. Uh, hang out as a bud? Let's see. I mean, because I feel like a lot of people that I like are not uh, like – cool bud kind of people <laughs> like i mean is I'd there love anyone to, that like, you're inspired by i'd you're be like, down oh, to like go and have, have like together. a fun crazy time with like you know f scott fitzgerald and zelda i mean i think this is great this is listen this is your game you don't have to spend the rest of your life hanging out with these people yeah, just but i'm a, like actually immersing myself like for the rest of my life Whew, that's a hard one i like that you're taking this seriously it's yeah it, it honors me i feel like i'd also want to hang out with Lou Reed. Oh, there you go. Love Lou Reed. Great, 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 great. <laughs> and I'm just going to put in Audrey Hepburn because I love her. Oh, God. No kidding. Yeah. What a doll. A doll. Uh, okay, great. 
Next category, three foods that in this reality you either feel bad about ecologically eating or you're allergic to them or you uh, would eat as much as you could if you could, but like after a certain point you get sick, like a huge thing of Oreos. Um, in this world, we're removing all of that. Everything is good for you. Everything is fine. You can have all that you want at the snap of a finger. No ramifications. Three. One of my favorite foods ever is tomato with burrata, like heirloom oh God, tomato right? burrata, olive oil, salt basil yeah little pepper it's mm. kind, it's the perfect it's food delicious. it's a perfect little plate. yeah yeah great i mean i just love cheese so the next yeah. one would be like an endless charcuterie plate great like meat and cheese mm. and lastly i mean i'm pretty i'm a pretty healthy girl and i love i love like a really good crunchy salad mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i don't like the way i feel if i eat fries like i yeah. feel sick i i don't feel like oh man i'd love to eat that all the time no i love a good flavorful yeah. crunchy salad i'm putting it in hell yeah i like that you that you made sure to sh- tell me crunchy because i do not care for a limp soft salad oh hell no that's a bummer some people like wilted what do you see that on a menu aren't you like oh yeah come on yeah someone's asking for this someone's you're telling me someone's like i'm sorry kale. this is too fresh could you please limp wilted? this up a little bit yeah like a wilted piece of lettuce <gasps> yeah you know Ugh. that's not that's not a good experience no no agreed uh okay next category let's do three bands living or dead that um you can at the snap of your finger sort of conjure up almost like a soundtrack to your life so it's not it's not necessarily music they've even done before because it'll be inspired by your life to kind of keep you company through your day three okay well i feel like a dork for mentioning this one but the black lips great because that's who i've been listening to a lot lately not dorky no, Broncho. Um, and the Stones. Great. Okay. Now, let's do three styles from some era, some place in time. It can be like Marie Antoinette era. It can be the 70s. But some style that Again, it may not be comfortable in real life, but in this world, everything feels like the most comfortable thing in the world. So you just get to try it out. There's no judgment. You can be like, yeah, I'm walking down the street wearing like... Latex. A- Great. Give me two more. I love latex. Um, maybe like just like fishnets and a short skirt. If I didn't get catcalled and shit. Right. Wow. I would love to just like really dress like a dominatrix. Great. Yeah. Um, and like maybe like a full, like a full mariachi suit. Amazing. Yeah. This is a wonderful assortment. <laughs> uh, it's a good potpourri of stuff. Okay. Final question is three roles that uh, for whatever reason, like it's already been played or, you know, you're not a boy and people think that has to be boy. Three roles that within your life you've come across that you're like, God, I would love to have a shot at that. Well, there's a, I don't know if this is a role that's already being made or existing, but I would love to play Dolly Parton. Oh, great. I can Actually, see that. Dolly is definitely one of the people I want to be as my okay. friend. Should, you, should we get rid of F. Scott and Zelda? Yeah, yeah, great. yeah, 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 yeah. It's going to be Dolly. Got it. Uh, hell yeah. Um, yeah, so I'd love to play Dolly Parton if you're listening. Love Anyone it. out there who can help me with that. Um, and 
I, I mean, I just love, I love really strong emotional parts. Um, so I, so the question can be either something that hasn't existed yet or something that Mm -hmm. has already. Yeah. Oh, well I want to play, I want to play Zelda Fitzgerald. Great. For sure. I mean, tragedy. Love tragedy. Fantastic. Forever. Also Um, great clothes, my opinion. Oh, hell yeah. It's good era. And if they ever do a remake of, you know, Chicago, I'm Roxy. Sure. Gotta use my singing chops. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, give me a number between one and seven. Um, six. Okay. I'm going to pause this. All right. It's going to take very little time. When I come back, I'm going to give you your 100% guaranteed fictitious All right. I'm excited. Future. Hell yeah. All right. All right. I feel real good about this. First of all, uh, I don't know if you're going to be hanging out with this uh, demon that's listening to Tiny Tim, but I I do give you the opportunity to jump into Insidious if you want. Great. I also just love Vera Farmiga. I would love to be her buddy. I hope she's wonderful. Yeah. Um, so that gives you access to her. And my pal Lynn Shay is in that movie, and she is wonderful. So oh, cool. Listen, you it's not it's not a bad thing. I feel like I would just learn how to like be friends with the the demon maybe we could date a little see how that works this out. is what i'm talking about you're taking yeah. the reins you're I'm taking down. it back yeah i love down. it uh maybe you want to take that demon to your mansion in cartagena wow because i sell cocaine on the side <laughs> I know. Like, what is the immediate <laughs> thought of like mansion in colombia interesting <laughs> interesting with a demon boyfriend yeah let me tell you what else you are so f- you are so feared <laughs> in cartagena that you could walk around in your full-on mariachi outfit, <laughs> and everyone is like, yeah, you're amazing. You're a fucking badass. Go, you go. Uh, I'm very excited about that. Um, I want you to rest assured that you will have unlimited crunchy salads. Oh, my Not God. Not a wilt in sight. <laughs> Not a chance. Uh, you are. Uh, you have a, a sort of life soundtrack that is scored by none other than the Black Lips. Oh, my God. So, no. well done. Well done, you. I want to congratulate you on your steamy romance with James Dean. Oh, God. Thank God. Thank God you got him. He's back and better than ever. <laughs> and let me tell you something else. And this he's a younger feels, man, you know. That's right. Oh, God. That's so true. Wow. Mm-hmm. That shocks me. Yeah. The people that have passed that were long gone but when we were growing up. Yeah. And to think like, oh, now I'm older. than Like, now I'm they older. would be a younger yeah. man. Hey, that I'm down. Kind of. That's amazing. That's a strange moment. Okay. Uh but yeah, totally down. Okay, so you have doubled down. Now, this is what why this makes sense to me. Who better, okay, to play Dolly Parton than Dolly Parton's best friend, <laughs> you? <laughs> you got her? Oh, hell and yeah. And you're going to play her. Great. And like, there's, that, I mean, please, you're going to be like, yeah. So I'm we're going gonna... to be friends and I'm going to play her? Oh, yeah. my God. So you're going to be even more equipped this to capture honestly, her essence. This is something that I want to... Um, I want to, uh, what's the term? Um, You're sort of like manifest. putting it out. Of, yeah, manifest. I want to yeah. manifest this. I, this sounds like a dream. I will tell you, the least likely is James Dean. Right. <laughs> well, maybe there's going to be but technology this business in with the Dolly, future. I'm ready, willing, and able to believe that that could I happen. I am putting it out there into the universe. I think it's fantastic. Yeah. All right. Uh, 
Rebecca, thank you so much for doing the podcast. Where can people find you? Uh, anything you want to tell them about, etc. Yeah, well, uh, at the Rebecca Knox is my handle for Instagram as well as Twitter. I don't really use Twitter very much, but you know, once in a while I do, and you might laugh. <laughs> mm. <laughs> See, it's good selling. Yeah, it's good selling point. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Um, that's yeah, great. Yeah. Follow this beautiful woman on Instagram. You won't be sorry. <laughs> um, thank you so much. Thank you. I'm talking to a computer as if they're people. Guys, I'll talk to you next time on the podcast. (laughs) The show is recorded by me and edited by Julian Burrell. And as always, the JV Club theme song is Back Before We Were Brittle by the amazing Say Hi. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.